boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. We are reunited here on the Total Bees Show. I have survived, I well, not completely, from COVID-19, or is it COVID-19? Because I lost count because how bad I had you it. You had all of them. Reunited. Uh, yeah, there you go. It so is good. good to be back in studio because I listened to last week's show, and I was amazed. People messaged and they said, you know, the content was great. I thought I sounded like I was dying. Yeah. Right? But apparently when I have COVID, I make more sense even. Uh, how are you, producer Chris? I don't know. I got to unpack the whole COVID making more sense thing, but I'm I'm personally good. I haven't got got another. I've had COVID one time before last year, but I haven't gotten it yet again. I'm just waiting though. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Like, because how many times is it for you? Just the one or if no? You... I think it's two. But that second that second time was really bad, and the strain. I don't know what strain it was, but I don't wish that on anybody. Yeah. Thank God I didn't have a pre existing condition because I might not a like I I don't know that I would have come out of it. Yeah. Strong. Um, but there, it was weird. Like I was, I felt energetic enough to walk outside for, and I do eight kilometers, takes an hour and a yeah. half. I had no problem with that, but I had a cough that was brutal and I still have it. And, um, and I had lost my voice and it, it was just like fever, head pounding, all the things, but enough about that. People want to hear about wrestling. Um, we're going to start the show with a rumor killer. Oh, okay. Let's do this. And I'm going to tell you, there's a rumor going around town that Andrew Shellcross has closed PCW and will not come back. Remember, my prediction for 2023 locally was that Andrew Shellcross would run a PCW event. So I went to the source. I said, Andrew, you know, come on the show. He said, no. <laughs> so I said, are you done? <laughs> the, rumor, no. the rumor going around is you're out of business. And he said, no, I'm enjoying my time away. But he said, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not done. I have no interest in being done. I'm just not <laughs> actively, there's that cough. I'm just not actively promoting, but that's going to change. So I'm going to tell you what is actually, I believe happening. I believe he's waiting for the availability of Kenny Omega. Mm, right. Okay. And I think that's what he wants to do. And I think the, why he's waiting for the availability of KO is because he wants to do something massive or special. Right. And so Omega now won't be restricted by Tony Khan saying, wait, we want to run Winnipeg. We want your return to Winnipeg to be our show. Yeah. After he does this show on March 14th, I think it is. It's March 14th, right? I believe so. No, I'm, you I'm have to look. Sure. That's your cue to look it up. Uh, but the, yeah, when he does the AEW show in Winnipeg, that will be his, you know, after that, maybe Tony Khan and Kenny will be okay with Kenny doing a PCW show. I think that will spark Andrew to move a lot faster to have his next show. But that's just a guess. But Shellcross told me straight out, he is still running PCW. It is not out of business. What's, what prompted that rumor is that Primos... Prim March 14th. March yes. 14th. Okay, good. My memory, because COVID might have messed my memory. Um, <laughs> We're blaming everything on COVID now. Yeah, yeah. but... What might have spurned the rumor is that Andrew had sold one of his two rings to Primo's Deer Lodge Wrestling. Speaking Let's of Primo's Deer that. Lodge Wrestling, <laughs> the promoter, Mark Merrick, is going to be our guest on the show a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, so that rumor is dead. PCW is alive and well. It's going to run at some point, according to Andrew Shellcross, and I trust Andrew. Uh, we, we don't always 
agree, especially when it comes to my memory, which I prove is foggy That's on right. this show sometimes. Um, but, you know, when he tells me he plans to run, he plans to run. Another interesting story we've been debating in the, in the last couple of weeks here, and you think one thing, and I, I'm right more than you. <laughs> this, uh, is, this is the way all of our conversations start. FTR is on time off. They're on hiatus. Yep. That's why they dropped all those belts. Remember, I said they dropped those belts, on, probably pushed to drop those belts. They had three sets of tag belts. By pushing to get those belts off of them with two months left in their contract, they then can open up their door to negotiate, right? Well, and let, let's tap the brakes a little bit. The triple no, no, let's the tri- not tap the triple A triple A belts all had were stripped off of all the AEW workers. Triple A and AEW don't have a working yeah because Conan anymore. and Tony Khan yeah have been so kinda... that that's one of the reasons those were dropped. But you're you're right about the other other they would have stra- dropped the other those straps. too though like they would have yes. there was but... now the desire is that they're going to take time off and refresh and uh, probably rehab some injuries. There's a, this is strategic timing. You're going to, you're opening up your negotiating window. Don't think for one second, they aren't going to negotiate with WWE, even if their desire right now is to stay with all elite wrestling. I don't know where their desire is because right now there's a lot of talent to a little uneasy on doing business with WWE because you could be under the tutelage of, or running under the thumb of Vince McMahon again or Bruce Pritchard. Or Triple H, you don't know. Right now it's Triple H, but it changes by the hour. Or a Saudi prince. Yeah, well, we're going to get there too. But uh, my thought is FTR is the best free agent right now, bigger than Sasha Banks. Yeah. Um, And it is vital for all elite to keep them. Especially if the Young Bucks are going to be one of your top acts, you need you need the foil to that. You need someone who can realistically say they're the best tag team in the business that aren't your EVPs. Yeah, and I don't think there's anybody out there who can hold a candle to FTR other than the Briscoes, but they're persona non grata. Well, the Briscoes are going to be on the Ring of Honor brand on yeah. that streaming service, that amazing television distribution <laughs> on whatever Ring of Honor streaming device is. Um, it's interesting, though, for, for uh, the the FTR, if they were to become free agent freelancers for even three months, could you imagine them going to impact and working the motor city machine guns? Oh, could you amazing. imagine them going to the NWA and winning the NWA tag team titles? Could you imagine them continuing to have an open door to go to all elite for shows or, or uh, new Japan that's running a few American shots again and only upping their value for WWE to say, Hey, here's the money. I think this is, that's the type of thing they want to do. That's why I always said they were, they were maybe happy in all elite because they were able to go and do those outside shots and, you know, to them lineage, tag team lineage and tag team glory and having a name in the tag team world is important to them. It's important to them to, that they get mentioned in the same. They're breath. also at the age where it's money. And and, no, what, and it's going to yes, come completely. down now to who wants to pay the most and, for their service. And this contract is definitely the one where they're going to be like, "Where's where's the money? Show me the money." Yeah, because they've been showing signs of wear and tear with injuries. Yes. So this is where you want to make your money. Problem is, and we're now pivoting to the number one topic talked about in wrestling in the in, in the world today. Problem is, if you sign a contract with WWE and if you sign a three year contract. Who knows what is going to happen there? Well, we, we've all heard the rumor about the, the Saudi deal. We'll, we'll unpack that, but that will affect decision-making for a lot of talent. I've seen lots of things online about how certain talent will, would actually quit if that deal went through. I don't know if I believe that because people say they'll quit over anything, but I think it would affect whether people come and go from a company. What night was it last week, Monday or Tuesday, where it said the deal was done, that Saudis had bought it, and, and WWE is going private? I believe it was... Tuesday night. What an irresponsible rumor and 
realistically, if Vince is going to use Saudi money to buy uh, WWE, he runs the risk of Fox, you know, which is all, almost alt right with their news coverage. Yes. Saying, we're done. Yeah. Best of luck to you. Find your own TV deal. And uh, I think it was Darren Metzler said, well, UFC, no one cared when they had Chinese money. A little bit different here. I'll tell you why. UFC is a more mainstream sports entity and has a little bit more value than WWE in terms of people still look at WWE and pro wrestling a little bit hokey. Yeah. Um, I just think, really, I have, a, I have a theory that there is a responsibility on Vince McMahon and the board of directors to take the best deal financially. Yes. And if that ends up being the Saudi deal, then they can say to their shareholders, it was better by $2 a share. If they take a deal from, say, Tony and Shad Khan, who are, I think that's just posturing, uh, then it's going to have to be financially the best deal. For Tony and Shad Khan to do this, they have to realize when WWE bought out, WWF bought out WCW, it was the worst thing for the wrestling game. Yeah. So they would be the only game in town with national television. Not a good thing. Not a good thing. It, ROH has finally got a TV deal. They wouldn't. They just, It's now ROH. How would they? I, I don't know. But the, if with a vacuum of wrestling, no. there's going to be people looking for wrestling. No, that's the wrong attitude. That's what people thought. In t- I, was, I was running. I'd just taken over as a booker for TRCW in 2001, and everyone thought, oh, there's going to be plenty of opportunity. There was no opportunity. The only opportunity that existed was that um, independent promoters could get talent on the cheap. That's how uh, PCW got Eddie Guerrero for $1,500 because there was no national offers. He had ring of honor, a startup indie. He had, uh, TNA hadn't even started yet. He had no place to go, but Indies and he had to make his price good enough that it was worth leaving his house, but not big enough that promoters in Winnipeg couldn't afford to pay him. Right. So no, this, it will be a disaster if WWE gets swallowed by its competitor. Oh, I didn't think it'd be good. I was just joking about well, the Well, the only thing that home. might happen if the cons bought it is that WWE w- would still probably be in good standing to negotiate with USA, to negotiate with uh, Fox. They might keep the contracts. Tony Khan has proven he doesn't know, like he's not the be-all, end-all of booking. Prime example. Let's get the trios title on Kenny Omega. I've been saying this for seven weeks. That's bad booking. Yeah. Well, talk about doubling down on it. Like, how do you get Kenny Omega out of this? He's got to drop the six-man tag team titles, the world-class six-man tag team titles. He Right now, Kenny Omega is the Mike Von Erich of the, of the six-man <laughs> tag team championship. Wow. He's That's got probably a, the only time Kenny Omega has been, in, in, you know. Oh, I could, I could go off. Mike Von I've gotten a lot of hate mail from people over what I said about Kenny last week. People saying, you don't, you've admitted you don't know. Why are you saying this stuff? The thing is, get Omega into the top babyface spot. It will help business. Well, he proved he's not that injured because he had that match, that match with, with Osprey. Osprey. But I think he saved himself for that match by putting himself in that trios thing. Uh, oh, I agree. Was so that he didn't run a risk of injuring himself leading up to that match. Here's what I think. If AEW wants to be serious and wants to have a million viewers every week, here's it's the, the wrestling landscape for that roster is a chessboard. And you have to put the pieces where it's an exciting game. Right? So you have Brian Danielson. You have to get him in the right spot. John Moxley has not delivered you a consistent million viewers. Neither has uh, Hangman Page. Now, um, who's the other guy who just came back uh, this past week? Uh, Adam Cole. Adam Cole. Okay, so good. You're getting another player back. You've got Omega. You, 
MJF is the top heel. Sorry, Don Callis. Sorry, Kenny Omega. As long as MJF is on that roster, you guys being heels is a waste of Kenny Omega's talent. Yeah. You will, you'll be the second heel on that roster no matter what because Kenny and Don can't talk MJF. Oh, everyone's like, oh, Don Callis could talk people in the building. He doesn't talk people in the building. He never has. Show me one promo Don Callis has ever done that talked people in the building. I can, t- I can name you one. And it didn't necessarily talk people in the building. It was a promo for WFWA and it was on CKY TV. And it was when Tony Mariani was interviewing him and he announced that his opponent in Porters La Prairie, Manitoba was going to be none other than Rick, the model Martel. And Don's reaction to that was actually compelling and made first. It was a shock that Rick Martel was coming to the WFWA and second Don sold it. And it was effective. That's the only promo he ever cut in his whole career that talked people in the building. And if you can show me one, post it on social media and tag us, and I'll critique it. But I'm telling you, there isn't one. Some so don't EC- even try. Some of his ECW stuff. Don't even. There is not ECW promos where he talked people into the building. He was an, he was an ensemble cast member in ECW, not a top guy. Oh, no. Yeah, so what? Hey, I have information that would get Don Callis canceled, okay? The Whoa. more you want to debate Whoa. about Don Callis, let's Whoa. go there. Are you threatening me? Like, I don't oh, care. Cancel you're, him. You're the, you're the president of the Don Callis, that's Dr. What, Luther. That's what you keep telling Dan me. Dan Housen fan club. Yeah, Dan I'm Housen. fired up. I'm, I've just come off of COVID. I'm telling you, show me the promo that he talked people in the seats. If you can do that, congratulations. I don't think you can. I'm fired up. Yeah, I know. Like, and he's pointing at me, even though he's talking to you. Well, you're the voice of, I think you're the voice. I am the voice of, of 85% of the listeners, right? You're the voice of that 15 that just, Davidson's wrong. Davidson's wrong. Chris is right. Davidson's wrong. Delusions of grandeur again. (laughs) Probably. I'm not going to argue that one. So here, okay. Do you have a prediction on who ends up uh, buying WWE? Well, I have a conspiracy theory about the whole Saudi thing that it was planted by Vince, not by Vince, but at his behest. Planted against Vince, I bet. Planted at his behest to, to lower the stock prices so he can then buy up the stock prices with this Saudi money and get, regain control. Very simple. Happens all the time. Illegal, extremely illegal, yeah. but it happens. So you're building off a prediction I made about a month ago on this show that Vince might affect the stock. I'm not building off it. There's more information now okay. to make that prediction But the realistic. stock market, stock price didn't drop. So your theory is pretty. It hasn't dropped yet. It's been two days. It's, uh, it's been actually now four days and no. It, Tuesday. First things first. Tuesday that information dropped. We are recording this on a Thursday. Okay. That's why don't days. you break kayfabe every chance you get? Here's the thing I'll tell you about what this, why that doesn't make sense. So Vince McMahon immediately, or somebody from WWE immediately came out and said, no, this is not true. We're not selling to the Saudis. Um, second, I think it was leaked by somebody working against Vince, not Vince. Right? Because, right. It, because it was not the time. Do you know how bad that looked for Vince that he came back on a Friday? He then said that they were opening up the process to sell. They went to Ch- uh, uh, JP Morgan. Yeah. Then within two days, it sounded like he had a backroom deal. It, it would sounded like he was really working in a greasy way. Now, if it ends up the Saudis own this company, Vince McMahon should be jailed because this is a, a corp, a hostile takeover, and he did not act in the best interest of any stockholder, yes. including himself. He acted selfishly for Vince McMahon, and when you're on a board of directors for a corporation, you have director liability if you don't act in the best interest of that corporation. And he wouldn't have done that if he did, if he sells to the Saudis to privatize the company. And I hope the U.S. 
Trade Commission, and the FCC shut him down for that. But that's not what's going to happen. It's going to sell, but it's going to sell to the highest bidder, and it's going to be. And but the problem is, I think. He, they think they're going to get $8 billion for it. I think they think they're going to get $6 billion for it. And I think they're going to be lucky if they get 3.5. And I think 3.5 is going Ooh. to come. Let's make predictions. You're going with 3.5? 3.5. And I think it's going to come from a broadcast or a streaming entity who's buying it because they want to own all the intellectual property. Uh, I believe that theory. It won't be Disney either. No, I see that's where that's where you're wrong. I believe oh. it's Disney. I believe it's $5 billion. It's Disney because they've got the infrastructure in place and they want it. And that's it, $5 billion Disney. Now, the other thing is Vince might not agree to for a sale if they can only get a $3.5 billion offer. I just don't think the Saudis, there's too much potential pushback for Vince. If he goes that route, Fox says, we're done. We don't want to do business with an international investment. We, don't, we want an American owner for the American brand. And I think that might happen with other broadcast partners. And I think a lot of talent leaves. And I think Vince is smart enough to know. Like, Well, that's kind of why I was giving a little bit of credence to the Saudi thing because Steph left the company. And I know she was, she's was she been with the company all through the Saudi deal. But yeah. I think she saw it as like, when I am in control, the Saudi deal's over with. Because no. Her, no, her big thing is pushing pushing forward the women's res- revolution. Women nope. could do everything. But you cannot do that when you're owned by a group of people who do not allow women to drive. Mm-hmm. So that's <laughs> right. It's there's no women's revolution if women can't show their their you know their ankles yeah, or the wrists. And you they have can't to drive. understand Steph the timing of Stephanie leaving. I I believe I've told you this for weeks now that there was a power struggle between Vince and H and Stephanie for 2 years. Vince was in the process of relegating her to a lesser role before she had to step when she took the leave of absence last time. And then because the opportunity knocked, Vince is going to leave. She's going to get a chance to have a chance to put her fingerprint on it. She comes back in. Vince comes back. She doesn't want the headache of dealing with daddy every day. Okay. I bet you that's a girl with daddy issues at this point. 100%. Before you wrap this, your top, your top five uh, groups looking to buy it. Top five. Top Holy five. Geez. Because there, there's all, there's been lots coming out. I'll do my top five. Uh, number one, Disney. Number no. number two, ESPN. Number three would be the Saudis. Number four, Shad Khan. Nope. And I don't know who number five. Okay, so you've been really wrong on this. Number, okay, so. This is a prediction. You can't yeah, be wrong. I, I don't you're, think. You're talking about something yeah, that hasn't happened yet. If we look at predictions, you once thought Ring of Honor was going to end up with a U.S. network deal and it ended up with a streaming deal. Not to, I shouldn't be like that, but I'm snipping today. <laughs> um, number one is it's going to be either a streaming service or a broadcaster. And I believe it, I believe it's natural that Peacock which is NBC Universal? I forgot about that. Steps that's, up, that's and they're going to be one or two. And I think Fox might look at it at, to a degree, but I don't think it will be them. I think um, you're looking at. I think Saudis are more like number five. Uh, if Saudis buy it, Vince McMahon is running it without question. Uh, I think the cons aren't serious. It's too much of their net worth put into the deal. Um, I don't think Netflix has the money. I don't think Amazon would be that serious other than Amazon Mm. might do it because of the merchandising aspect. Um, But see, I, I, Peacock is the one I forgot. And actually that's the one that I'm most like, like that's my dark horse because they've already got the network. Last thing I'm going to say about it. If he does the deal with the Saudis, WWE network is coming back 
from yes. the ashes, yep. and that is going to be their principal distribution source. They're going to do a lot more in-house and a lot less and it's, media rights it's deals. It's still in play because they are using it in the UK. They're still in Canada, are they not? No. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but you can't get it the same way, I don't think, as you can in the States. Yeah. But they've, they've got the, the full network in the UK. They All they have to do is make it available in North America again. So When we come back, because we could talk about Vince McMahon for three hours. Heck yeah. When we come back, it's going to be Mark Merrick. He is not the promoter of Deer Lodge Wrestling, much to the chagrin of Steve Stryker. He is the promoter of Primo's Wrestling, and we're going to find out what's going on with his company. This episode of the Total Bees Cheese Show is powered by FirstRow.ca, Canada's online collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, action figures, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Total BG Show listener, you can get 10% off your order using the code BEESSHEEZ. Again, the code is B-E-E-Z-S-H-E-E-Z, one word, and receive 10% off your order. Firstrow.ca, Canada's online collectible store. One of the things yep. we do on the Total B She Show is we talk to promoters from all over the Midwest, United States, all over Canada. We try to find out what they're doing right, what they're seeing in the marketplace so that we can better educate the ticket buying audience to why they should buy these tickets. And today is no different when we bring on yet another promoter to the show. <laughs> this is the promoter, not of Deer Lodge Wrestling, which, what is what Steve Stryker tried to dismissively call it. It is the promoter of Primo's Wrestling. His name is Graham Keem. It is great to have you on the show. How are you tonight? I'm fantastic. How are you guys doing? Doing well. And now you have a big show coming up in less than a week now. And I want to know, how has things been since Primo's has come out of the pandemic and started running live events again? Uh, really good. Our, uh, our first show was a sellout, which was nice and, you know, unexpected. Uh, and then our second show, everybody almost on the planet knows uh, that we had Dexter Loomis and then he went back to Raw. And then Dexter <laughs> said, phone to no, no Way Jose. And No Way was no show, No Way. Yeah. Uh, but we ended up getting more fame out of No Show, No Way than we would have got of No Way Jose just coming in and working a local guy. Uh, we got more followings. We got more people interested. We got on places all over the world we would have never got on had he actually shown up. So it's been kind of a, a bunch of good things in a row being good, like a series of unfortunate events being fortunate, actually. So you're your first show was a sellout. How much would a sellout be in the in the venue? In our in our venue, uh, with our ring and for just like legal purposes, uh, two hundred and thirty five is uh, what we have for sellout because we need X amount of things for insurance and security and whatever it was. We could probably cram in a few more people, but because we're brand new to the venue, we're kind of just following the rules right now. No, that's a great number. And um, so you had the incident with Dexter Loomis, and then No Way Jose. And you came back strong from that. You had Nick Aldis. You had um, Bollywoods, yep. the Bollywood Boys. You now you yep. have Davy Boy Smith Jr. returning to your company. How is yeah, it? Yeah, he's Davy Boy's been a, a Primo's uh, mainstay for years. I when he went on to CWE show, I phoned him and I was like, "What are you doing? You're working for the competition." <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yeah. so then you lured him back as quick as possible. So was that a bidding war? 
Uh, no, no. I just, <laughs> I, I hadn't, I hadn't really talked to Harry about coming back, uh, in for us. And then, uh, Danny does so many shows around the province and then Saskatchewan and everywhere else. So it makes a lot more sense for Harry to wrestle for Danny than it does uh, for us just business wise. But, uh, for wrestling for us in Winnipeg, I just, you know, kind of said, Hey, can you come back for us? You know, so we can, you know, do, uh, do some things together and he's more than happy to so. In the show coming up this Friday night, it's going to be you and Davey Boy Smith Jr. against probably one of the most legendary tag teams in Winnipeg wrestling, Team Impact, Robbie Royce and ATM. How did yeah. that come together? Are you excited about that? And and you getting Royce and ATM was a big score for you. Uh, Royce and ATM was right place, right time. And uh, it, for anybody who's been following the Primo's product, uh, what we've been doing with ATM and Royce has been uh, some really just uh, unseen stuff, at least in the local scene, at least in a long, long time. Uh, so they've been consistently drawing us money, and uh, they had a knockout, dragout match with uh, Billy and Cliff, who at a you know moment's notice came back as the Sons of Anarchy, which got a massive, massive pop, at least from our little venue. Uh, and it was a way better match than anybody thought it was going to be. And uh, when you know uh, Harry was looking to come back uh, to our show, he just kind of said, are we wrestling for the tag belts? And I said, well, I guess so. And I made a friendly open challenge just to ATM and Royce just because they happen to have the belts. No feud, no nothing. You just happen to be champions. We just happen to be challengers. Here we go. Uh, wrestling. Uh, amazing. So you, your yeah. plan is to have Primo's run monthly or is it going to increase the schedule as 2023 moves on? Uh, people have asked us to increase the schedule, uh, as far as being at Deer Lodge, we will be there as often as the people will support. I have a really good relationship with that community center, but we do have, uh, shows coming up in, uh, in March in, uh, Roblin and in, uh, Swan River. So we are branching out, but we are still staying away from CWE territory because we, uh, we're not, you know, stepping on anyone's feet. Yeah, do you find that there's some promoter uh, rivalries and politics, or is, have you been able to steer clear of that? Uh, no, me, me and Danny work, uh, fairly well together. There was one instance where we had booked, uh, a show together on the same night. His was on December 16th. Mine was on December 16th. I phoned him uh, as soon as I saw him announce it, see if he wanted me to move my show to December 17th. Cause it also worked for the venue. Uh, he said, no, his show is 18 plus. My show is generally uh, tar- targeted towards uh, children and younger audience. Uh, so it ended up both ended up drawing pretty good for a, uh, a Friday night in December. Um, okay, good question here. Uh, you're going after that younger audience. What are you doing to promote to them? Uh, we do a lot of work with uh, the middle schools and the elementary schools in the neighborhood. Uh, I'm part of the uh, St. James Biz board, so we do get access to like the newsletters and the mailing, uh, and we do kind of things where um, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like selling drugs. The first one's on us, the second one's on you. So if you've never been to a show before, uh, we'll pass out the, to the schools a couple of sets of tickets to take their parents or, or uh, for the parents to take their kids to a show uh, in hopes that they'll be uh, uh, returning uh, to see us again in the future, which we've had pretty steady uh, returns uh, for people, you know, excited to come to the next show. And uh, ATM and Royce have been really good on captivating people to, you know, want to see what the payoff is, and they keep coming back. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. Your, your excitement is palpable. I, I, I appreciate oh, I appreciate, Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, so you've got it figured out. What is your price point for tickets? Have you found that there's that magic number when you're going after that younger audience? Yeah. So, so generally, um, if you're buying in advance, you can take a family of four out for $60 to our show because our tickets start at 15 bucks. You can buy them on our website. You can buy them pretty much anywhere. Rocky Mountain Chocolate in Pola Park. Uh, everybody goes into Pola Park Mall. So we have a central ticket location uh, for people to go to. So I find that if we do the $15 that way, you know, you're spending 60 bucks to get in the door. You've still got money for your pizza and your drinks and your hot dog and your popcorn or whatever else we're selling at the door. So if you're there, you're spending. Now, if you're spending $120 before you get in the door, you might not have any more money to go and get a Mentolo autograph. You might not have any more money to buy a Bobby Schenck bottle of syrup. Right. So now we're letting those people keep their money. So they're hopefully spending that money they've saved on our talent, our, on our concessions and really getting the value for their money. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like I like your your system and four tickets for sixty dollars as a family pack is a great is a great deal. I yeah, one thing I've Absolutely. always one thing I've always preached is you have to be in priced in line with what movie theaters are charging. The minute you go yeah. more than movie theaters, how are you going to outdraw against Top Gun Maverick or whatever the hot movie is Avatar right now? Um, what are the challenges you're facing? Uh, the only challenge we're facing right now is. <laughs> is being able to get the talent because uh, there's so much wrestling in Canada right now, which is wonderful. Uh, but every person you phone is booked, 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 you know, uh, which is wonderful to hear when you phone and you're trying to get a talent and they're, they're booked. So the expensive stuff right now is flights, which is a big challenge because we've had some notable names say yes to wanting to come to work for Primo's. But then as soon as you send them a flight log and they find out it's going to take them eight hours to get there it's a hard no and a hard decision to tell your fans sorry they can't do it because they need to be in another town tomorrow and they'll never make it there wow eight hours i remember when i ran wfx hurricane helms got a flight uh flight that had four stops and he had to go further from home before he got closer to winnipeg and he like he that was our problem with diamond dollars page yeah so it went further south and then came up and he said this i'm not doing this and i said okay then we're done and, he, and he's yep. like, we're done. I said, we're done. I said, I was going to use your regular, but I can't do it. If you don't want, if you can't do this, I can't do that. And he, luckily, you know, he ended up calling back and he said, like, I didn't mean to say it was make or break. I'm just telling you how hard of a trip it is. I said, trust me, I understand. Johnny Fairplay comes from just about the same airport. He has the same problem. We're doing business on Wednesday nights. We're doing regular. You don't just come in once. You're going to have to roll with the punches on this. And he ultimately right. agreed. But in today's independent wrestling scene, they can say no to Graham uh, to Graham Keem in Winnipeg, and they'll pick up four or five offers on the same night. Like you have a tough to get the talent interested, right? Yeah, there there is, which is why uh, you know I feel that it's it's important for us to expand a loop and try and get into another market. So when I phone a talent and I can tell them, hey, you're coming here Friday, Saturday, Sunday, getting paid every night, uh, you're selling merch every night. We're sending you home on Monday, which is much cheaper to send them home on Monday than to try and send them home on a Saturday afternoon uh, or whatever the case is. So we get a little bit more bang for our buck. They get more bang for their buck and. and it's trying to sound more attractive, but some guys can't do five, six, seven days on the road, uh, a la like a Tony tour or something like that. So just trying to get our foot in the door. 
Do you find it challenging being the promoter, being the booker, and being a wrestler? How do you split the workload so that you can give all three jobs the proper attention? Uh, I find that um, as long as I lay out where my idea is, uh, Todd Bullet has been pretty good about taking the wrestlers aside, letting them know what I need to get out of things so I can spend less time doing that. Uh, I have an all-star wife at, at the door that is promoting the show. She's making the food. She's doing the canteen. Our kids are working at the canteen because they're 16, you know, 17 years old now. Uh, it, it, it becomes a whole, you know, family project of getting everything in order. Uh, so it, it looks to me because I'm doing all the face work, but there's so many people that are doing like the leg work to get it ready so that I'm not running around like a chicken with my head cut off come showtime. It's actually been a really, really wonderful experience. I wish I had the same experience when I was running at garden city shopping center and those other shows that I used to do, uh, all doing it by myself. So, yeah, well, you have had a, a knack of bringing in the largest level of talent to Winnipeg, whether it be Brown, Hart, Kevin Nash, AJ Styles, right before you went to WWE. Um, is that the level of talent that you're aspiring to get to? Is that something that Winnipeg fans can get excited about? We have been trying to knock that out of the park, which is why like Dexter Loomis just got released from WWE and he was hot to talk about and we had him. And then of course with, you know, Vince McMahon leaving and Triple H coming back, well, Dexter Loomis, although would have been in our main event, he is there doing not a whole lot, but you could do not a whole lot for a quarter million versus doing a bunch of stuff for 2000 bucks. So we're trying to get on with those talents, but again, that flight thing just makes it so difficult, uh, especially with the, the, talent that we're looking to get are aging now uh they don't want to come for any less than a first class flight with you know a four-star hotel uh and they don't certainly want to travel for that many hours and then you know trying to get a direct flight to winnipeg is just the worst possible chore wow (laughs) if i ever had promoting aspirations talking to you makes me never want to do it again because that sounds like a whole lot of logistics um it's a lot of logistics until you're counting the money at the end of the night my friend oh well there you go it's all worth it so i tell you i'm losing interest and you're trying to fire me back (laughs) up well done um i noticed on facebook uh in the last few days that you're now taking some uh, athletes and starting to train them to become wrestlers how is that working for you uh, it's, it's pretty good. So I, like, I have guys on my crew that are, that set up the ring and they help out and they've had aspirations to get in the ring. And I've been happy to, you know, uh, set up at our venue cause I have a good relationship with them over at Deer Lodge and, uh, help them train a bit, uh, it, to get into wrestling. Now right away when they step in, I tell them that, you know, I'm not a Kurt Angle. I'm not a, you know, four-star athlete. That's going to get you to the WWE, but I can get you ready for that. When you go to train with somebody, uh, on the level of Mentolo or on the level of somebody that's much better of an athlete than I am, at least they're not wasting their day trying to show you how to bump and run the rope and take an arm and do a lockup, things like that you already know so that a Mentolo is not wasting his time watching you bump 175 times telling you you're never going to get it, kid. Uh, so it, we're just, you know, we're just doing the basics, that kind of thing, getting them ready to work a battle royal and to be an extra uh, enhancement talent for when a guy like Kevin O'Doyle just needs to squash somebody in a couple of minutes. That way they can go out there. They can kind of get noticed by the audience, uh, be happy at their spot and then set up, tear down the ring. And they're very, very happy. Morale is good. Wow. You bring up Mentolo. He's one of your top guys. How has that worked for you? 
he is the guy that you can put in anywhere with, and that'll be match of the night. Uh, I don't understand why uh, being Kenny Omega from with AEW and Callis and all this other stuff that we have that Mentolo isn't signed somewhere. Uh, I'm happy that we have him very much. He's the CWE champion. Uh, he comes over to work for us, which is you know we're very happy for you know to have him. But uh, I'd like to see him you know off our roster next week, saying sorry, man, I got signed uh i'm moving on to bigger and better things which is exactly where i want all of these athletes to go is to bigger and better things so we can get the next crop of athletes in to get ready for bigger and better things absolutely um now you bring up an interesting point he's the cwe champion he comes over to guest star for you as a promoter i've always believed that you need to be aspiring to have a level of exclusivity amongst talent you obviously don't agree why you would i be right in saying that uh, well, we tried that, uh, with ATM and Royce and, uh, I forward plan, I think a bit too much with my talent. I tell them where I want things to go, which everybody likes to know where things need to go, but I let them know, I think too much where things need to go. Uh, and then I, I, you know, I see a CWE flyer, uh, that has my February main event on it as one of their, uh, subsidiary matches. It's oh. ATM and Royce versus Red Hot Summer, which was my match for February, which was at least in our venue going to be a barn burner. Now it's on the back burner as we, you know, go somewhere else. But there's still uh, Billy and Cliff uh, who are, you know, not wrestling for them. But I let Danny, you know, have his guys like uh, Chad Daniels and, uh, you know, other guys that he's using uh, exclusively on his show. We kind of don't touch because they're like his new guys like James Roth and, and things like that. Uh, but we also have TJ uh, Brath's son, TJ Cannon. He's not going to go to work for CWE. He's ours. So, you know, he's, you know, our exclusive thing. The only thing that is difficult to deal with as a promoter is uh, sweet Bobby Shink, you know, gets pop of the night when he walks through my crowd and then he goes over to work for CWE and he's big Bobby Shink, the heel. So I, I need like a little bit of uh, at least discussion on, on continuity there because the fans, they don't understand and they're going to get lost and yeah. it's going to lead to no pop and no booing. It's going to lead to nothing. So yeah, what you've just said is probably the biggest reason why I ever pushed for exclusivity, but the only way a promoter can ever establish exclusivity is the grow their business consistently, keep growing, keep growing, keep growing. The talent then starts throwing itself at you saying, I only want to work for you. And you have that ability. It's, that's going to be a challenge for you. But what you just brought up is a very good point. Chris, well, let me ask well, you both a question here. Uh, you brought up Bobby Shink. You brought up the fact that he's a heel here. He's a face there. Is that something that is on the performer themselves? Should a performer be taking the reins and saying, look, I'm working as a heel. I'm going to work as a heel for Primos. I'm going to work as a heel for CWE. I'm going to work. Or is that all on the promoter? That's the promoter. The promoter casts the talent the way he needs to. Like, no question about it. Could you imagine if Bobby Shink said, oh, I'm wrestling as a heel for CWE. I need to wrestle for a heel for you, Primos. And Primos has him positioned as the top baby face and the fans want him that way. Like, that would be a disaster. That is not up to the talent. Trust me, when the talent takes a booking, the casting is done by the booker that they've agreed to take the booking for. Would you you agree with that, Merrick? Um, 
It's it's hard to say because again I am booking for uh, children and a younger audience. Uh, Danny is booking for an older audience, and I know that when I go to a, a CWE show, there's some of our audience that doesn't cross over. I'll see certain fans only come to our shows because we're in the St. James Westwood area, and they'll come to our shows because we're the neighborhood wrestling. Uh, they'll go to CWE because they're in Elmwood, Transcona, whatnot. So there is some crossover, and there's not. But if you get to uh, you're a Bobby shink and danny says okay you're a heel and he says i can't do it because merrick's booking me as a, a baby face now it's up to bobby now to uh, are you turning back the you know the pay danny's offering because danny might not keep calling you danny might not call you anymore if you turn down the spot that you have for him um and it, it just might be the way he's you know envisioning booking your character at the time uh, i explained to guys like this in my in my roster last week where uh, here is the vision I have for you. If you don't like it, that's okay. If you've got something better, come and tell me and I'll consider it. But if you have no ideas at all, just work with what we've got right now until you have something. Because no ideas are worse than bad ideas. And at least you can test out a bad idea and revert back to it if you haven't screwed it up bad enough. Gotcha. Um, Coming up this show, you've got women on the show, Kat Von Hees and... Who's her opponent? Uh, Relentless Riley Rose. She's brand new. Uh, She just started wrestling, I think, in the last six months. She's coming in from Edmonton. From what I've seen on video, she's she's really good. She's fire. Uh, Nobody in the neighborhood uh, has used her yet. There hasn't been women's wrestling, at least in uh, Winnipeg, for quite a while. So I think just the fact that uh, two women are wrestling is going to draw a good crowd. Could be a bad crowd of creeps, too. But (laughs) whether they're buying a ticket, it's fine. They're in the front row. We've got security. They're protected. But Kat Von Hees, as far as I know, hasn't had a a hometown match in probably about five years. Uh, In that, I'm hoping uh, there'll be a crowd just to see her return home. Yeah, that's great news. Um, How do people follow you on social media? We are on social media everywhere. We actually have a brand new social media championship belt that we're debuting, which has all of our social media on it. Uh, You can find us at Primo's Collectibles. Uh, for our website, you can find us at Primos Wrestling Winnipeg on Facebook. Uh, TikTok is Primos. Instagram is Primos. It's all Primos Wrestling. Just go and Google us up. You'll find it. And you'll find a way to find us. Tickets, PrimosCollectibles.com. Uh, we do take credit card, debit card, all that good stuff right at the front door. I think we're the only guys doing that right now. So if you don't got cash, all you got the credit card, come down. We'll still get you in the door. We'll still get you some food and you'll be all set up and ready to go. Okay, we're not done yet. My next question, you Primo's Wrestling used to have television on Shaw TV. Is that yeah. in is that in the plans now to pick up some sort of broadcast or even YouTube type of series for your promo promotion? Yeah, it has. So uh, since we started doing uh, the Shaw TV stuff again, we're not back on for a time slot probably until about spring. Uh, but in the last six months. Uh, our same crew that used to do all the Shaw shows over at Garden City has been coming and filming all of our stuff, uh, editing all of our stuff, putting the commentary on there, uh, getting some fresh stuff out there for commercials and editing and advertising, getting ready for a spring, uh, hopefully a spring time slot earlier on. Uh, they were just busy with the Gold Eyes stuff in the fall. 
fall. It couldn't get to my stuff yet, but we will have a fresh product uh, coming for next year for a little bit of a sample. And then I think by June or July, uh, we'll be setting up for that week to week TV. Cause we have our venue set up for the next 12 months minimum. So we can at least have a 12 month guarantee uh, knock on wood that we'll have uh, some product out there for the people. Okay. So one of my big things to promoters is you've got to be growing bigger than your venue. Uh, is that in the cards? Or are you looking for a venue that's bigger than, than the current Deer Lodge Community Center? Uh, we are looking for a bigger venue, uh, especially to put on a big Saturday night or Sunday night event. Uh, my idea right now, especially with the uh, the tickets that we're selling, is to maybe go every second Friday. When I grew up and, you know, wrestling was a thing, there was PCW at the lid every Thursday. Yeah, which always seemed to have at least a decent crowd, not maybe a bar, you know, a sellout every time. But if we could get 100 people every Friday versus 200 every fourth Friday, we'll be making way more money uh, in our pockets than we would once a month. We are looking for a much uh, larger venue uh, to do big shows at. We had uh, a show actually at my wedding because we had a wrestling wedding because of course we would. Uh, at the uh, Viscount Gort on Portage Avenue, which is still within the St. James Biz, which is still in our neighborhood, but you can get five times as many people in there. It's classy. You can have alcohol. Uh, you can have everything in there. We just need to be able to sell enough tickets to get the people in the door. Because if we're selling to a half-empty room in a big room versus a full room, uh, same size, same amount of people, just you know, extra room to walk around, it's not cost-efficient. No, you're very right about that. Uh, any Anything else you want to add before we conclude the interview? I've, I found this very fascinating. You've been a great guest. Uh, yeah, it, it's just, uh, we, we have a store, you know, seven days a week, Primo's Collectibles on Portage Avenue. So a lot of our uh, direct advertising helps that we have, uh, I would call it the uh, the offices of uh, Primo's Wrestling. And it really helps to have a place where people can go and get it, you know, and see you every day, uh, wrestling merchandise every day, tickets every day. It helps to constantly be a reminder to people to get them in that door. Because if you are, uh, doing any kind of promoting, whether it's a band or a show or a play or whatever the case is, if it's not constantly in their face over and over and over again, there's 10,000 ads a week people are looking at. People forget. Oh, you're 100% right. Where is the store on Portage Avenue? What's the address? 1841 Portage Avenue. We're just a little bit past Pola Park uh, on the uh, north side there. If you're going towards like the Unicity area and uh, we're open seven days a week, you can find uh, most of our products at primoscollectibles.com. We got replica belts, action figures, DVDs, uh, pretty much anything a wrestling fan could want. Excellent. Um, yeah, it's near Classics Bar and Grill. Uh, last thing, last thing I'm going to ask you is, uh, you're, before we let you go, what is the show called? What time do doors open? What is the date? And um, yeah, push the show one last time. January 20th, Primo's Wrestling presents Sub-Zero. We're at the Deer Lodge Community Club, 323 Bruce Avenue. Tickets are available at the door. Kids five and under are absolutely free with a paying adult. And come on down to our show. Davey Boy Smith Jr. from the WWE is going to be there, and it's going to be a hell of a night. All right. You might see me down there. I might try to make my way down there. Uh, you are invited, my friend. I appreciate that. Graham Keem, thank you so much for coming on the Total BGC Show. You've been a very great guest. I appreciate it. We'll have you on again sometime. I hope you have me back. Absolutely. This is Wayne Stanton from Episode 6 of the Total Bees She's Show. If you're not listening to this podcast, 
I think you're a coward. All right, Mike, we're back, and let's not delay. Let's get right into it. It's time now for your favorite part of the show, the Mary Brown's Mailbag. Mary Brown's Chicken Crave Delicious. Who has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's Chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's Chicken. And who only uses Manitoba-grown potatoes hand-cut in-store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money-saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's Chicken. Crave delicious. Three questions in the mailbag this week, and we'll start off by telling you how you can get your questions here on the Total B She Show by going on Twitter and using the hashtag, hashtag Mary Brown's Mailbag, Instagram, Total B She's, and you can send us a question there. Facebook is the same deal. Send us a question on our Facebook, DM us, slide into our DM, as the kids say, or you can send us a uh, email, old-fashioned style, totalbshees at gmail.com. If you want to mail us, the old school physical mail, you're out of luck. I'm sorry. We don't do that. All right, let's go. Three questions this week, Mike. Uh, this one coming in from Martin, and it is for Mike specifically. Uh, Mike, would you be the most qualified person to work with an angel investor to start a new wrestling company? Ooh. That's an inter- interesting question. I'm wondering wondering if he's being a serious asking that question. Let's qualify that. Compared to who, like the current crop of well, promoters? Well, that's or? why that's why I'm wondering if he's if he's being serious because he didn't specify. He just said, "Would you be the most qualified person in the world?" No, so, in Winnipeg. Yeah. yeah. So in 2001 or two, we put together the deal with John Newen to fund PCW. Uh, I was not qualified at that time, but we kind of and Andrew was a part of that. We kind of limped and scraped through it. Um, and in 2005, which was an interesting deal, I was front and center on that, but it was because of the quality of show, a show I'd put on that impressed investors that they wanted in on it. I'd never actually sold them. And in seven, no, like Jeff Dick, working with Jeff Dick, I was able to understand how he want, what he wanted to see in order to invest, right? I, I don't know if I would be the best guy to work with an angel investor. You know I think somebody who has a strong business acumen and a, and a working wrestling knowledge would be smarter. And I think I might be able to consult or offer collaborative effort, but I don't think I'd be a good front man at this time. But what I will say is of the promoters we've talked to on our show, there's two that only jump out to, at me that would be really good with angel investors. One is top talent in Edmonton. Yeah. And because they have the infrastructure in place to do some pretty dynamic things. And the other one's Eric Cannon in Minnesota who runs first wrestling and he was able to do mall of America. He runs some pretty spectacular shows. Those are the two that I think could work with an angel investor and build a, build a company. Now, depending what that vision would be and how to turn it into a a huge company that's profit driven or whether it'd be building a uh, content creation company that has either creating TV or creating new media. Uh, that's, it's a tough question, but I would not say I would be a good front man at this time of my life. I'm taken aback. Why? You didn't put yourself over. Normally, this, the, I was sure you were going to put yourself over so hard here. I was just getting ready to roll my eyes. <laughs> well, I, in all honesty and full confession, I have had 
two conversations with two separate people who said, you know, do you have an itch? Do you want to get back in? Because I, I have some money and I, I'd be interested. And it didn't happen. Yeah. Right? So that tells you something. But at the same time, like, it's tough. Like, you, you, we listened to, to uh, Graham Keem tonight talk about all the challenges he has. But then he puts over the dollars at the end of the night, right? Um, if I was going to build something with an investor, it would be based on a three or five-year vision like I did with Jeff Dick. It would be a significant outlay of, of investment funds. And it would be, uh, there would be um, targets, we need to get to here by month six. We've got to strive to be at this in month 15. And, you know, here's where we want to grow to with realistic goals of what we could establish right away and where we want to take those things. I, I wouldn't be the right guy right now, not at this stage of my life, but I told you who would. Um, uh, top talent in Edmonton and Eric Cannon in Minneapolis. If you're an angel investor and you want to talk to two good wrestling promoters, those are your guys. All right, this one coming in through the Instagram inbox from Andrew. Does an indie company need TV in the social media age to grow? Good I, question. I don't think so. I wonder if that's our friend Andrew Shellcross. <laughs> Wouldn't um, that be something? It's well, definitely no, not. I can see who it is. So Yeah, one of the problems with that is indie promoters who put bad, like they call it a TV show and they put it on YouTube and it is brutal and mm. it actually hurts their product. Yes. Uh, like... To say you have a TV show and then you put something that looks like aesthetically looks terrible and like and it ha and it's not a good production uh, quality is bad for your brand. Um, so it's not like 1986 where there was five to ten. Maybe your cable package had 20 channels and you could dominate the time slots because of the lack of competition. Now there's 300 channels and there's streaming and there's handheld like cell phones that give you all kinds of things to draw your attention. Um, social media can help you create the buzz and advertise your show. I still think if you're a good TV producer, and I believe I'm a, I, I could be a good TV producer. I wouldn't be a good guy for an angel investor to back. But if somebody said, hey, I want you to help run our TV, I could still do that. I think TV has a place and a value, but you have to present it properly. You have to invest some money into it. And it's a marketing expense. You're, you're investing the money to make your TV look so good so that you can then run the markets that your TV runs. Um, it has a value. I don't know. I think you can run an independent wrestling company without TV. It's been happening for 30 25 to 30 years. It does give you an advantage. I think social media, every promoter is doing it. Some promoters are doing it so badly. I, I don't even consider social media an alternative. I, I think when it comes to local TV, guys are looking at it the wrong way too. Um, so like, let's just say XYZ company in Edmonton gets on whatever, Bell in Edmonton, and they put, on, put out their product. They, they're so excited about having TV, they don't realize that and I might be wrong about this, but to me, having a TV on an access channel like a, like a Bell is designed to draw to drive people to your product. Yeah. Now, I see a lot of people just excited about having TV, and they're trying to drive their people to the television. instead. Of, it's the wrong way to do yeah, it. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. One thing that no wrestling promoter seems to get, the minute you're on TV, it stops being your cast of, or your, your roster of wrestlers. And it starts being your cast of characters. Yeah. And they don't get that. And they never will. And they think, well, this is the way, in their mind, it's this is how a wrestling show goes. And they present their show without realizing 
It's a cast of characters, their story arcs, how you present it has to lead the story and the narrative. They don't get that, and that's one of the big problems. Liam Phillips was absolutely the best guy at laying out the creative that I ever worked with. Because he started out, he it wasn't a roster of wrestlers; it was a cast of characters, and this led to this, to lead to this, and the layout of the episode was this. We're going to get him on the show at some point. I was just going to ask you. I was going to ask you. He has his original notes from from our first meeting until he concluded his role as our creative guy. He did it the best. I could still do it, but I would if I was going to do it. Liam would be my first phone call to help me lay it out. I'm betting that notebook has several pages of curses. Uh, when he's, he's like, <laughs> if, I, if I've you had enough think I got to turn to the curse section. If you think I'm, a, you have it hard with me. He had it. He had it harder. All right, number three from Gilbert Mike. Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, if Mike Davidson were running today, who would he be? Who would he use on top? Who's available? <laughs> Why are these questions so specific this week? My God. Um, okay, so that's a, I, I'm going to interpret that question a little different than he asked. If I was running on a regular basis, who would I use on top? Knowing the way I did it in WFX in 2010 was sure. I built a roster and they were r- regular, right? And yeah. Hardcore Holly, Billy Gunn, Charlie Haas were all regular top guys. No, that's not what I would be thinking today. If I was going to run sh- a show or a series of shows, it would be different. If if we're talking unlimited budget, Rob Van Dam. Yeah. There's your guy that's going to draw the greatest interest. Take him aside. Let's get rid of him. You know, like, I don't have that budget, let's say. Uh, Matt Cordona comes to mind. Chris Masters, maybe. Um, I don't think think Masters has the cachet he once had. No, he definitely doesn't. Um, mm, Nick Aldis. He's going to end up in WWE right away. But he, he's available, so we could we can use him use that as a yeah. I don't think I don't know if does that pop a number though. Well, to the to the truly to the, engaged the wrestling true, fans, are two hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah, he could do that. Davy Boy Smith Jr. is another one. Depending on the market and how many times he's come in and and maybe uh, lost his his ability to um, Motor City Machine Guns borrow them from Impact. Uh, that's another tough question. Would I go with a legend, right? Yeah. What I once wanted to book Brooklyn Brawler versus Bushwhacker Luke, call it Coliseum home video main event. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. For nostalgia's sake, there's a certain value there. I don't know if it would draw. Uh, women. I look at a lot of independent wrestling women and think, oh my word, like there's some really good talent there. So, but Rob, it, unlimited budget, Rob Van Dam, right, right off the get go. I got to follow up before we wrap up okay. here. Is there anybody from your previous roster, your WFX roster? They're all, they've all got you know a little less tread on the tires now. But is there anybody you'd bring in without even thinking about one thousand percent Gangrel, one thousand percent Bushwhacker Luke, one thousand percent Larry Zabisco, one thousand percent Hardcore Bob Holly, one thousand percent Charlie Haas? So like all your, you pretty much oh, all your guys. That roster I had in two thousand and ten, I can't even put into words how amazing that roster was. Um, I would, that's the problem is I'm too loyal. I'd go to the dance with the guys that brung me then. Right. Um, even like Sean DeVar, Eric Cannon, Darren Corbin, uh, um, well, Nikolai Volkov is dead, but, um, yeah, like it was Hurricane Helms, although he's yep. an agent in WWE. Like I was spoiled in terms of the talent we accessed and the amount that they, that they, devoted and and bought in and the level of engagement i had the best roster on the planet when i said last week that we were beating ring of honor 
It wasn't because of me. I wasn't that special. It wasn't because of Jeff Dick's business acumen. We got lucky with the way we assembled the roster and they all bought in at once. And boy, were we lucky. Okay, we got a couple minutes left. I said that was the last one, but this is the last one. We're going to really wrap up. Being spoiled with that WFX roster that was amazing. Do you feel maybe that it has now prevented you from running again because you know you can't have that kind of amazing roster? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole reason why I, like, once you've been to that level, yes, yeah, I mean, you've and been that to was summit. my baby. You, you've been to your summit, yeah. Like, uh, how do you come back? Like, do you go and book a local indie? Um, let me tell you, the local indies don't call me to book. They think either they think I want too much money, or they think the way that I would run their locker room, they would have they would lose say. And and a lot of people book because they think booking is fun. Booking is not fun. Booking is a science. You have to understand the mentality of your fan base. You have to learn to anticipate them. You have to learn to appreciate them. You have to learn to just, it's, it's like you intimately get to know them. And it's not just any one person. It's however big that fan base is going to be. So that the things, it's like baking a cake. What you deliver as that finished product as a cake, you want them to eat it and want more, right? It's not easy. Nobody knows how to book in Winnipeg. It's it, it's so difficult because you're always trying to hype and build and and make people go, wow. The, the closest thing is probably what they're doing with Winnipeg Pro. Uh, top talent is doing good stuff in Edmonton. And Danny, Danny brings in one guest star. And like right now, he's pushing the heck out of him versus Mentolo as this iconic match. The problem is that they're two Winnipeg icons that we that people have paid for a very long time to see, and I bet you they've had the match before. Maybe not for the CWE title. I don't think you can build enough hype on that match, and if they could, they should have done sit-down interviews. They should have done special effects uh, camera work. They should have really broken character and built it, because I don't see it. Um but it, it's it's really hard. It's something, as a booker, I had a certain feel for going back to 2001. I had it in 2002. I don't think I started to lose it in 03. I had a feel for what I needed to do as this PCW booker if I'd continued at the end of 2003. I didn't really have it in 05 with AWE. It was a hodgepodge, and I did a bad job. In 07, I don't know that I had it, but by 2010, Liam and I collabor- collaboratively really had it. I built the roster. These are the guys I'm going to use. He created the cast of how we were going to use them. And, and it was magic. I'm telling you, watch episode one through 13 on the total BG's YouTube, YouTube channel. I stand by that to this day. If booking is a science, let's hope one day Mike Davidson puts his lab coat back on and starts messing around. Thank you. I'm a mad scientist. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the rumper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Erics can? Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. 
Well, my girlfriend called and friends, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling. Really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair when he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Boy, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon?